Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. This week on Top Lines and Tales, I have from County Leash in Southern Ireland, probably one of Ireland's top cattle breeders at this moment in time, Garrett Behan. And uh, Garrett, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and Garrett, you're a, a family unit there. I think you run you know, the farm as a family there, but the Clonar and, and Genelin herds are... And across four different breeds, uh, you're a busy man. Yeah, busy. Yeah, my dad is. But my mum my and my dad would have started off the pedigree herd back in '89 here. My mum and dad would have started off the pedigree herd here in 1989, and in 1999 we dispersed the dairy herd and put more emphasis and focus onto the onto the sucker herd because the farm would be fragmented enough. So either had to extend expand one and get rid of the other, and that was really the only option we had at that stage. You know. Okay. Okay, and and uh, I mentioned the four breeds there, but Simmental is where you'll be mostly known for, and and uh, and, and at the top of your game with that uh, with that. So let's just have a chat about the Simmentals. They'd make up most of your the herd you have there now, would they? Yeah, they would. Yeah, they'd be the majority of them. Yeah, yeah. We'd okay. only have about twenty five limousines, five Charlies, and five Angus as well. Okay. But to be there'd be sixty, fifty, sixty pedigree cemental cows here and then a good bit of embryo work, maybe thirty, thirty, thirty five embryo calves a year as well. Okay, well we'll go we'll go on to the other breeds in a second. But uh, you mentioned your parents there and I think your mother was it bought the first Simmental cow around about thirty years ago, is that right? Uh, um well tell me who she was. So thirty two or four years ago now, yeah. Clock Sandra bought her at the RDS Spring Show in May 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 nineteen eighty nine. And, and what was the reason behind that? I mean, the Simmentals, I suppose, were on the go by then. Was it a breed you just saw that suited your dairy herd at the time and just went with yeah. a female? Exactly. They have it in one, yeah. The dairy herd. So we would have always tried a Simmental goal with the, with the dairy herd, and then um, we just got the love of them, and I went from there. Now, we would have ran them commercially enough at the start. I probably were in milk. It wasn't until 2000 and 2003 I started showing them. I had showed other breeds prior to that, but Frisians, and they showed a bit of blues, and they showed limousines, I'd say, prior to it. But um, 2003, I started off with a crop of calves, Sean, and it grew from there. And the Simmentals obviously did suit your job, and you said you bought her in the RDS, and then you'd have added another dozen or so females back then. Would you buy most of those locally? Um, we would have bought them at Society Sales and bought some of them privately. I bought my own first one privately. And the Wonder Line mm-hmm. from ah, I suppose like any young lad, and your father encouraging you to buy a few calves here, give me a few calves, and rear them with him with his calves, and then he'd give me the few pound when they were when they were killed when I was only fourteen or fifteen years of age, and from that then I saved up a bit and I spent two thousand pounds all money on uh, Clonsley Wonder. Clonsley Wonder, and that's right. That's you said a couple of thousand pounds, but you'd only be a young man now. That would be a lot of money. I would have been, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm getting old now, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting old. You're not as old as me anyway. And uh, she's obviously done, the Wonder Line has done exceptionally well. We'll go through a few of your lines in a minute, but she's done exceptionally exceptionally well for you ever since. Yeah, the Wonder Line would be one of the biggest, um, the biggest in, in the herd, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then you bought Milton uh, Senorita. It'd be a, a 10 day old calf. How the hell do you buy a 10 day old calf there? Who sells a 10 day old calf? My father-in-law. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> we, we were having a giant sale together that year. Um, it was 2004 or five, I think. And um, we had a giant production sale together. And there was four. Um, they had a cow called Milton Hillary who produced Milton Majesty, who had the then Irish record 
um, of was it twenty one or twenty two thousand pounds that she sold to Scotland to Dorothy Moffat. Right. So they would have flushed Hillary again, and they got four, five daughters. Four of them were what they call the four mini magis. Hmm. And they were born in January that year, and Milton Senorita then was born in September that year. Right. Okay. So he offered them for sale at that sale, and I bought her a 10 days old with a recipient dam for 4,000 euros. <laughs> 4,000 euros for a 10 day old cow. That's got to be some kind of record just to buy a calf on its own rather than that. <laughs> yeah, well, I. Th- <laughs> We made it up a good few years ago. What well, I would have flushed her ago, but she actually lost her last. Um, she she got injured on me here at sixteen year old last Christmas last year, so okay. fourteen months ago, um, and uh, we had grossed it. I say five years ago. What her direct sales have 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 come to. And I think they were at 86 or 87,000. <laughs> it's not a bad investment. But that's a brave man to buy a calf at that age. As he said. Uh, well, I, if, we, if, if it's a bit of family and a little bit of inside knowledge, then I can I get to the bottom of that. I was trying to work out how you just work out whether the 10-day-old calf is going to be well. <laughs> I was offered double it the next day by a man that was at the sale. <laughs> and I didn't sell it. That's the time not to sell them when somebody offers you double for them, that's for sure. And, and that, that left you pretty much with three lines. And that same three lines, said, um, Garrett, will still probably be in your, your herd. And we'll go through what you've achieved with that just now. But uh, you, you kept those three lines. That's the Sandra, the early one, and then the Wanda, and then the Senorita. That's pretty much, pretty much your herd yeah. locked up down to those. There would be a lot of the herd, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Seabank Rosewood will be a strong line there as well in the herd. You know? Okay, okay, and, and lines is something you work very close to, and uh, and we'll talk about uh, the Dora because obviously Dora, but obviously to 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 folks that don't know you, that uh, the, the Dora has been maybe the, the backbone and the one that's produced a lot from your your herd, and she was from that Sandra line, is that right, Dora the Explorer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dora the Explorer and that Sandra line, and her her Dora's sisters we refer to her a lot of the time. Um, she would have bred then an 18 cable then before after that for me there in Roscommon our premier sale two years ago. Okay, so. and can I say why Dora? Because I see there's there's a few Dora lines in in the in the Simmental herd from different places. But uh, why Dora? Did you go back? To, where, where does this Dora line come from? Was that just a name you came up with? It was just a name we came up with at the time. That's all Dora the Explorer. Just yeah, just... Well, I suppose this we had kids at the time and we were watching it on telly. <laughs> <laughs> The truth be known. As simple you know. as that. As simple as that. And and you will have bred some of these lines fairly close. I'd imagine as a young man, maybe you studied a bit of the line breeding and and what other people were doing, bringing, keeping the families in families is the same way as they did in the old traditional breeds. <laughs> did you? Or was it again? Is it just a? Were you still just um, clutching a straw? Sir? No, I suppose at the start. Listen, everybody, you have to be lucky at the start, but. Uh, you can have the best in the world and cross it with the best in the world. They don't always come out to be the best in the world. Sure. Lines, if you watch the lines that work, like we would have crossed family lines here a good bit as well because I would take semen off some of my own bulls both for sale and for my own use. And we would have crossed lines against one another as well. And that has produced exceptionally well for us as well. Like the, the heifer that won the overall in Tullamore this year will be bred that way as well, you know, okay. which would be crossing the Rosewood line back with that, back with that Sandra line, you know. Mm-hmm. And through, through different bulls back use through them but I kind of keep a tight listen I don't use a lot of bulls in AI I tend to use stock bulls a lot that I've mainly purchased over in Scotland mm-hmm. and they're very different to what else is being maybe used in the south of Ireland and um, south of Ireland boys are all chasing their stars and their figures uh, I, once mine are happy enough living their own I look at different type of figures on them both Cavanese has to be average um, and I look at carcass weight a lot okay. you know Okay. The animal has to be right, correct, and feminine. Okay. 
Yes, as you said, you've kept these in the families and obviously uh, and, and the families in demand. But let's go on to some uh, some of the bulls there. I believe yeah, you're a man that's, I think, self-confessed that you would try and breed a female. And if you could breed a bull, then you're lucky. But uh, females is, is what it's all about for you. And that's 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 um, the path of a lot of great breeders in the past you must have learned from. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. I just, I, I always, listen, I'm male. I always think a female. <laughs> I suppose it's one way of saying it. Uh, I would have actually, in my mockery days, young farmer members days, I would have taken part in stock judging competitions, sure. right? Uh-huh. And I was lucky enough to win dairy stock judging national, national titles. Okay. Uh, one time in particular, I was asked, uh, when we had judged in uh, Brock and Cocoman's farm in Kildare at the national final that I won at, I was asked, how do I know which one to place where, mm. by somebody that basically didn't know anything about cattle, but just asked me to give a talk on it afterwards. And that was a question I was asked. And I suppose the simple way of answering it, and maybe I get myself in trouble for saying it, but I haven't said it publicly before, was I went for a nice head. I have to have a nice head and be feminine. Mm. Good legs and feet, a nice body, and I'll leave the rest to your imagination. And I've used that kind of statement uh, as regards um, in nightclubs and in dances in the same light. <laughs> <laughs> I've compared like with like. A female has to be feminine. Uh-huh. Listen, you, uh, I can get in trouble for saying this, but from a male's point of view, my, in particular myself, and I don't know about anybody else, when you go into a dance or nightclub, your first choice isn't, isn't the female that maybe plays front row in a scrum. <laughs> it's uh, a feminine, nice-looking girl. It might be what you go home with, <laughs> um, but, but but your first choice is your first choice, and I breed cattle solely on those rules. Yeah, that's a great, a great philosophy. <laughs> The first thing you see in a field or in a shed looking at cattle is their head. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if their head ain't nice, they don't stay in my yard. Don't come into my yard. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? Okay. Okay, no, that's a great philosophy, and I and I would say a lot of people would, would, would people listening to this, and we get quite a lot of listeners now that uh, would say the same thing. But you've obviously made that work for you because you've risen to the top of your breed following that philosophy. And let's just go through um, Garrett some of the bulls that you used to start with. Uh, use a few AI, and then you bought a Ballyben Edward. That would be your, your first bull that got you going. Yeah, I hit cross. That's you're going back. You're going back now to the early mid nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was um, a Hillcrest butcher bull out of a Ballybane lad cow. Mm-hmm. A red bull, I remember him well. A very easy calving bull. I, I would be a big fan of, um, I get shot for this, I'd be a big fan of Hillcrest butcher. Wouldn't be so much a fan of Hillcrest champion. Okay. right? Some people are the other way around, but to me, butchers, Hillcrest butchers were the best breeding females I ever had in my herd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the backbone of my herd would be Edwards. And then, like that one, the line, as we said earlier on, would be going back to a butcher cows themselves. Yeah. I would have flushed. So, yeah, I'd be, I'd be a fan of them. You'd have used butcher as AI before before you bought Edward, I guess. Yes, yes, yeah. And, and you'd be a regular at, at Perth, at Sterling, as it is now. And I'm sure we'll talk maybe over there next in the next couple of weeks. And uh, you'd have been going across to Perth there, uh, maybe seeing the, 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 the Scottish bulls and picking up ideas as well as picking up bulls there from, from a young man. Yeah, we would have went, um, I would have went over with the society oh, a long, long time ago, maybe 20 odd years ago, maybe 24 or 5 years ago at this stage. Um, on a society trip once. Didn't go for a couple of years afterwards, and I don't think I've missed a sale apart from the uh, the, the, the coronavirus sales since. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I didn't think I was going to get there. It's on next weekend, or week, yeah, next weekend, mm-hmm. coming 10 days' time. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to get there. I'm booked to go now anyway, so I plan to go. I was hoping to have, the, we'll say, the heifers from my sale going over there to be at that sale or at that market for people to pick up to bring home if anybody bought. Mm-hmm. But 
my haulers ahead to accommodate me, so it's going to be a few days later, I'd say. We'll come on to your sale in a second, because obviously that's coming up this weekend, and, and uh, we'll have a chat about that, because you've got, you got the soapbox here now to, to, to market that a little bit, but it's, hey, maybe the spoils that you've got from your sale, you might go over and pick yourself another sire up. But let's just go back to, to the early days, and, and uh, you, you had the bull banwe T-Rex from, from a Welshman, and hey, Wells isn't probably the home of Simitals, but... Uh, a big investment for you at the time, cost a lot of money, and uh, you'd say probably that investment paid off. Did you a bit of good? Yeah, I'm extremely good friends with David. Um, he's actually picking me up from the airport, and I go over, and, he, and I do the same with him. He's over here regularly enough. Huh. Um, didn't know of Madden beforehand. T-Rex was second in his class that day. Maybe it was the first bull David ever brought to the old Perk market. Um Maybe he'd often say himself, and I definitely have said it, if he was a little bit more experienced, I'd say he would have been per champion that day. I, don't, I can't even tell you who was that day. But um, I was there that day. My wife now at the time, Lindsay, was there with me. And, uh, and an uncle of mine at the time. And there was another breeder there by the name of Doreen Carlin, Lindsay breeder. I just happened to see her. And just for the crack, I said to them all, right, I'll go off to your own directions and ring him, watch the judging, and come back with a number to me, what you think is the best bull in the yard. Okay. So I did get it. We all came back with the one number. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so there was no second choices. Every one of us came back with the same number. Right. Now he was only second in his class that day. He cost me eight and a half thousand guineas at the time. But again, it transferred again. He got home with fifteen thousand pounds Irish money at the time. Yeah. The conversion rate then from sterling to the Irish money was sixty four, I think, or sixty five. It's a long way from where it is now. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he he listen that by any show clause was 1,865 kgs weight. I heard that, and I read, I read that somewhere that uh, he won All-Ireland, I believe, and then did he not win Tullymore three times in a row? And I'd seen 1,865. And we get a lot of American listeners on here. A lot of them now in America, they get their, their scimitars black and various things. But, I mean, we're talking what I would call a traditional uh, um, scimitar to those guys anyway. But 1,865 kilos, that's four, over 4,000, 4,100 pounds, I think. And that's a, that's a massive bull by any standards. Yeah, I've been over in Canada now, myself, actually, at Farm Fair, I won the Miss World with, that, with, with his daughter. Yeah. And they asked me about weights and weights, and they could not believe the size of them cattle. Yeah, they got some fight, but they, I have issues with, with what they call Simital, and what the, the, the Simital values are coming from their home country. They're, they've changed the breed very, very much. Um, are they Simitals now, or are they a combination of full-bloods, half-bloods, everything else that they call them Simital, mm. but... They wouldn't have the what I call the true characteristics of the breed. No, and you're right. Hey, they've turned them black. We, we've discussed that many times on Top Lines and Tales that they yeah they've turned them black for all the the, the right reasons for the reasons that they have over there because they played a paid a premium on uh, on black cattle and rightly or wrongly that's that's the way it's gone. But they wouldn't see cattle of that weight, and, and not many people in, in the world would see bulls of that weight. Maybe some of the some of the Santa Gertrudas and those big things would be there, but you're up near two ton. That, that's a hell of a big lump of a bull. People would be considering listening to this. Uh, how the hell do you get calves out of a bull that size? He was a real curve bender in that. He's actually down below breed average here for calving at 99% reliability. Wow. Okay. Okay. He, he, what he had was nine months and 11 days. There was hardly a calf born after it. Right. Okay. Very just short gestation. I've had Pedro Gabriel come into my yard when his first couple of calves were born and uh, from the UK, from the north, from, from the south, and they were disgusted with his calves, as I was, and we all were disgusted with the calves when they were born. Because they were too small. They were small, little, 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 little uh, slick ones, yeah? 
when they were six weeks old, they turned inside out and they'd done their growing on the outside and they'd never stopped growing. Like. Wow. That, and that, and that's, a, that's a good advocate for figures. And maybe if he if he's in there, did you buy him on figures or were you just, you saw the ball, no, saw the ball no. like him? Figures wouldn't have been a huge thing back in 08. Like that, that was the year of the, um, that was the year of, was it, there was a foot and mouth or Bluetooth scare in the UK where the perk sale was a month later in November. Yep. So figures, nah, figures. Would I would have understood figures, but like his calf figures at that time, like he was, he, his bloodlines and calf figures would not have been easy calves in the UK. Mm. Okay, you know, he was going back to Nelson to the Sterling Flint, which would be up at seventeen for calf, and like you know, at some, last time I looked, they were somewhere around there. But listen, he was a gentle giant. He was lying bread on his damn side. Okay, back to Dolphin's Gallant twice, uh, half brother and half sister, and that made him. The one of the more and, and it, actually, I got, just to go back a small bit. If you go back and look at a picture of him, a picture of Nelson too, his sire, and a picture of Seabank Flint, apart from the colour patterns on them, you wouldn't know one bull from the other. Really? So he had that on one side, and he was lying bread on Dolphin's Gallant and Legacy on the other side. Um, it just meant every calf w- w- was identical. He put a consistency across his calves or unreal. Every one of them were the same, which made me dwell a bit into, as you were alluding to earlier on, a tad bit of line breeding yeah, as well. Absolutely. What I was going to say there, and, and, and people, again, people listen to this podcast, so now we've delved into some of the older breeders here, going back to Bob Adam and going back to, to Harveston and the way that these guys did line breeding. When they got the right things, doubly line bred, then they do breed consistency. And that's obviously something that you've picked up there. But at the time, I, 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 I'm not going to say you're a gambler, but you're an Irish probably does take a gamble would, would he be would he have been a gamble then you just saw he looked the right bull we're just going to have a go yeah we were looking for a bull I suppose looking for a bull looking for something different and yeah it's a gamble it was a gamble it was a risk and it was a gamble and it paid off and I've, I've gone back 10 times since and every one of them have done done what I wanted you know Mm-hmm. So okay, that's a, that says you like, get a good eye and a good intelligence for it to find those bulls, obviously. But uh, or, else all, or else it's all the whiskey I have when I'm over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a bit of that too, and 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 the salesmanship from some of those boys can be good. But uh, we'll move on to sort of where he took you. But he did breed you some great females, and you do you say T Rex is probably the boy that put your herd straight? Yeah, he'd have put my herd on the map, or as David says, I put him in the map, or he put me in the map. I don't know which. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We've never sorted out, but yeah, he gave me the females, well, definitely. Yeah, and the but he was coming off those butcher lines as well, and them Edward cows as well, and it just seemed to click, you know. So, like some of them bred very well on top of one another, and, and that, it's about getting a bull to follow a bull, and I've been lucky there with all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's not all luck, is it? At the end of the day, you've got to do your research and, and you back yourself when the time is right, don't you? And, and as a lot of other people say, but then you followed him, I think, with, a, with an online purchase, would that be right? No, a private purchase of um, Kilbride Farm Dragoon. Yeah, okay. And which was described in my yard as by most people as being uh, a limousine in cemental colours. Yeah. He was the highest scan muscle bull ever to come out of Kilbride. Uh, again, Norman uh, Robinson's been on here, and, and, and Billy, if you're listening there, they're, they're a fantastic family, the Kilbride farm there, but uh, and, and Great Breed has been in there right from the very beginning, and you've got all their pedigrees to study, but as you said, he, he was a bull with muscle, wasn't he? And and, uh, and, he yeah, came, he was a- and he came out of their Dora family. Is that any relation or just a coincidence? No, no, just n- no, no relation, but I would have seen um, a sister of his mother that won, she was a reserve champion at the, at the, the, the one of the anniversaries, could be the 25th anniversary sale up the north at the time and bought by the Atlow herd in um, Atlow of David Donnelly in mm. England that bred then Atlow Dixon. Yep. So uh, I knew, I, I had a fair knowledge of the line before I bought the bull. 
and, and you bought in privacy, so you're, you're not at liberty to say what you paid for him. That's fine because he's bought private. But uh, um, it was like figures anyway. I'm sure he wouldn't be cheap. But uh, yeah, he, he was a bull that did a did a, a huge amount, didn't he, for you as well? Yeah, unfortunately, he got injured um, after three or four years. But I had seen him, and I still have seen him out of him. But um, yeah, he added serious length. He added, I suppose, one thing I was missing from T Rex, which was colour. Okay. okay, they wanted reds and reds and reds. Um, T Rex was would breed your red if he was put on a red, but if he was put on a fawn, he'd get you a fawn. Dragoon um, put red you know, his stamp on everything he bred. And he, both both T Rex and Dragoon would have a lot, a lot of milk behind them. Mm-hmm. Great daughters, great length in them, and very correct in themselves, you know. And good heads, serious, serious good heads on them. And and something that that, that hey, something you're obviously looking for with the heads, but something that's sought after as well. And obviously, as as well as, as, as selling bulls, which we'll go on to maybe some of your top accolades, which is plenty. But uh, the show the show ring was somewhere that uh, Garrett that you got into, and you must have a love of showing because you've done a, you've done a hell of a lot of it, and you've done a, a lot of winning. Yeah, love of showing. I started in 2003 showing um, with Simmental's with Napper and Neva and a few calves. Neva were lucky enough. I suppose, listen, we got into a bit of luck and FBX calf over Butcher Cow again. Um, she was a reserve All-Ireland All- All- calf champion that year. Napper was a Hillcrest King bull, again over an Edward Cow. And he was in my dad's herd. We had a Clunigown prefix at that stage. Some people would see the Clunigown prefix there and not know where it came out of. There's still like, one or two Clunigown cows in the farm. That would be my dad's prefix when I started farming in my own right in '96. He would I got my own herd number started, hmm. and he still had his own farm at that stage of going. But um, yeah, hmm. yeah, we started then. Napper he won his national final that year, so that year we had a reserve national calf, and we only showed in two classes. So we won one, and we came second in the other, and it started from there. And we had as much success the following year, but from there on, yeah, there on it kind of took hold, and it's a form of madness, I think, in ways. But I'm still at. I didn't do as many shows last year. <laughs> I tried to train as I call Cobra cattle last year for shows, but yeah. <laughs> COVID. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. I think a lot of people with the COVID thought when we get the COVID, we're not going to show anymore. And when the COVID lifted, it's like let's get to the shows again. So you're probably straight yeah, back I in. Know, I, I wouldn't say I had that hunger. To be honest with you, I actually uh, I'm gone beyond it. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not a fan of the shows. It's a lot of work in it, and it doesn't really. It, I don't have that ambition or drive to win shows myself. But if I think I have an animal in the yard that's fit to win the national title or fit to win the overall, I want her or him to be shown for her accolade, not mine. Sure, okay. It doesn't mean that much to me anymore, win them things, but I like it. Like, uh, I could go back to one incident um, in 2019 where I won the overall with Jubilant. Darling Eyes that year was going for her third in a row in Tullamore to be the, only, to be the second only animal in any breed after her sire to ever win it. And I nearly got sick when I seen that the junior heifer had been chopped out ahead of me cow before he even had the cow stood up. <laughs> but listen, things happen for a reason. And the same heifer went on. She was selling my 30th anniversary draft the same year. And I said, listen, I just wanted it. I just wanted me cow. I love the cow. Darling is, is the daughter of Senorita. And we just adore her here. She's my youngest son's favorite animal in the farm. He goes out to her nearly every day. And we, I would just have loved her to have one, have homebred animal that had won the three in a row. Three in a row, yeah, yeah. But you did do, did, did do three in a row with Dora the Explorer? Would that be right? No, no, Dora only won two. She won two, okay. T Rex is the only one in any breed that has ever won. I have a couple, I have a couple of doubles. 
Dora would have won it with, with not, it wasn't even in a row. That she would have won it as a junior and she would have won it as a cow. Okay. Okay, well, it's still a tremendous achievement to win anything twice in a row. So that one's still, so there's still a reason to keep going back anyway. You've got to go back, as you said, if you do it for the animal, that, that's, that's fair enough. And, uh, yeah, it means, yeah, as I said, it means more for me for the animal to win it. Yeah. Than, but like, I'm after having a couple of double doubles and that until tomorrow, and they mean a good bit too. Surely. Yeah. And I say last year then we would have won, I think, uh, every female class, the, uh, we won nine out of the eleven female classes for more. <laughs> and, and I also had, I also had two seconds in it. I couldn't decide which effort to bring, so I brought two of them, and I kept first and second those two. And Willie Smith on this this program a while back, and it'd be the same thing. I bet they'd be glad the day you don't bloody turn up, so they get a chance to win it up than themselves. But uh, uh, well, we're all, you can tell Willie Smith we're all glad when he doesn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, I, although I, we have one accolade here that Willie won't speak about. I'd say he didn't say it was. Um, we were we we have beaten um, that 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 good shock how with his Indoor fight um, that won Balmoral three times. We have beaten her in little bit with cement. Oh. And he, he, he still he still owes me a few pounds on that. <laughs> He want me to edit that out, but I won't. we'll leave it in there right there, William, just uh, just so you guys can carry on having a battle on that one. That's great. A Welsh man was an interview judge that day, and Lindsay was showing um, Crimson Lady her own heifer, and I think Mark or somebody could have been showing um, Ginger Spice for William. We were over on the sideline looking at it, and he bet a few pounds with me now that he was going to win, and he didn't. <laughs> so he still, he still owes you that pint. He still owes you that pint. And, and it, we went on and mentioned some things. The, the, the Bull of the Year, I think, uh, um, would that be Dragoon that won Bull of the Year 2019? And, and I think, has he not registered somewhere in the region of 400 calves in Ireland, another 150 in the UK, somewhere around about those figures? He could have, yeah. I wouldn't have looked up how many calves were registered. Yeah, but he was Bull of the Year that year on his prices and his averages of numbers of cattle sold at, at, at society sales. Okay, okay. Would have top, that's the way that uh, was top. A whole society sales, the highest number of cattle sold at the highest average. Right, so that's how you get the Bull of the Year. Well, that's, a, again, a fair a fair accolade to take that. And then uh, we go on to 2020. Everybody else was a lockdown year. We're all sitting there hiding behind a, hiding behind our sofas and our handkerchiefs. And uh, in you go there and take uh, what I think is a, is a breed record. I'm not sure a breed record, but certainly in, in Southern Ireland there with... Uh, uh, it's a European record, actually. Yeah. European record for fifty-two thousand euros for uh, for a lucky explorer there at, at Roscommon and uh, some effort that. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it was. We were like, we knew we had something special from an early stage on. And um, he would have won his class as a Mayborn calf in a February class at Tullamore in August. So he was only May, June, July, three, four months old. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have come second in his national final afterwards in September with a different judge. But like, he was only a baby. He was to be straight and honest, I'm not too worried. He was only a baby. But, um, yeah, he came into his own. Then there was no shows that year. We knew we had, listen, I had a good few inquiries with the bull at home. People trying to purchase him at home. I said, no, you can all have a fair whack when I'm in Roscommon. I suppose I'm one disappointing part of Roscommon and the premiere that day was it was a lockdown time. There was no nobody let in the ring. We, I wasn't even in the ring to walk the bull myself. There was handlers to walk him. And actually there was um, the late Lachlan Quorum was, had rang me the night before about him trying to bid and he actually used my phone to an outside man that was taking bids in the car park out of the back of a van <laughs> being wired into the auctioneer inside he had my phone so I actually didn't even get to see it on my own phone when he was in the ring on the, on the LSL platform you know well now, and that's a change in times, and we'll, we'll maybe go on to your sale. Well, we will go on to your sale that you've got to shortly now, because the online, obviously, that the, the COVID did a lot of changes to that, where we are now, people are more 
prepared to buy animals not unseen but certainly unseen on the day as you said there but uh, um, Lucky Explorer was out of of course Door Explorer where the the name comes from I guess and by the bull Manor Park Hanson and he was another bull that's that's done really well for you Yeah Hanson then was um, Hanson I paid 22,000 sterling for Hanson in in, in off the Hoodley family Manor Park um, in, in the new sterling market yeah, uh, it was a gamble. That sort of money on a bull. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have seen his mother. I like to know enough about the mothers before I buy a bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very important to know the family line. And it, it just, I, I love actually one thing. I just said is what you care doing. And I think I went over to watch it being done. That that the kind of linear scoring they're doing under 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 females over there. Okay. And I think it's something that's going to start over. Here very shortly too. That if you, it's like the freezing system. If you see your excellence in your VGs back in your cows, mm-hmm. uh, anybody ask about a bull that had a market, they can easily tell you, oh, the cows a good cow. Yeah. yeah. But when you have lineage and scores behind them and a couple of generations of that behind, you know you have a good cow. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. And that that gives you more confidence at sales buying bulls. And mm-hmm. um, uh, but handsome, handsome has, as I said. Dragoon has clicked so well with T-Rexes. Handsome has come along and clicked on Dragoon. She's also clicked on T-Rexes okay. and some of the older cows that are here. And like, he's very exceptionally well for me, you know. You make it sound easy, guy, but it, it, it isn't. And you make it sound lucky, but again, it's not. It's a lot of experience and a lot of, hey, some chances that you take there, but it's worked out for you. And going back to Lucky Explorer, he went to the Woods uh, the Woods family at the Pope's Herd. And, and again, fantastic herd of scimitars they've got across there. That's That's a good home to send him to. Yeah, they have and they bought um, Latin Lover, the next bull in the ring straight away as well. I think they had a bit of a deal there, Jimmy and Vicky had. I heard it afterwards that Harry and Jimmy wanted Lucky and Vicky wanted Latin because well, Vicky had a soft spot I think, for Darling Eyes and the boys wanted the, wanted the, the more muscular machine. Sure. <laughs> and the agreement seemingly told me afterwards was, yeah, you can buy Lucky at any price you like, but you're buying me another bull as well. <laughs> That's a that good, was, that was, I hope you send him a Christmas card. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, I, I got on well. Listen, they bought they bought uh, Jubilant off me before that for eighteen. They actually bought Darling Eyes's um, Darling or Cinderita's first calf by T Rex. Actually, Angel Eyes back in 08 when they first came over here. I would have had a, an online or a, a farm sale that time. Um, actually, in Tullamore Mart, a Mart sale, a production sale that time with the first crop of T Rex calves in it, and I said, Go cows in as well. And they bought three off me that day, and a good few from Scotland came that day the Smiths, Adrian Ivory, mm-hmm. um, Manor Park were there that day. There was a, a, a lot of people, I'm going to miss me. Bridget Burleys was there, bought world class that day, they went on to win the Burke, mm-hmm. um, and she bought Adorable as well. There was a, a few from down Cornwall country bought. That was the first time they all really came over to Ireland, but I'd done something for that sale. I offered free transport to the UK. Okay, all right. And I, I would have had it. Chrissy Long or Chrissy Lawrence would have worked a bit with Lindsay and the websites and stuff. So we kind of got a network of people over there that knew a bit about us at that time. Even though that was T Rex is all I had really bought at that stage and had shown, but um, it got a bit of a buzz. They all came that time. I think there was twenty twenty five cattle that sale were exported. Mm-hmm. So I pushed in and society to start doing the same thing in the cemental society and others have started following suit eventually and done that as well. It just worked and it does work, you know. You make life easy. They fly over by their animal and the animal can be home before. Well, if it goes to a market now, it can't be home. But a few years ago, 
it was home the next day behind them. You know? Yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant idea, and and, and uh, hey, that that that's marketing, isn't it? I mean, you obviously you got the goods that they want them, but they know they can come and pick them up and take them back. As I said, Brexit has <laughs> Brexit has changed the rules a little bit now. It's not quite so easy, but you still get, you are still getting um, you know, buyers from from the UK, you know, plenty of them, and, and a massive reputation. And now, and then you started an annual sale at, online I, through through Mart I, and I suppose that's. Uh, that's now something that's become like a lot of other breeders there when you've got the reputation people can buy with confidence and that's been going two or three years now and got a new got a sale coming up fairly shortly Garrett. yeah we have a sale on this weekend but it's back to um just you look after your customers mm-hmm. if you don't look after your customers you won't have them in time to come like i i would have sold privately out of the yard here I think I sold three bulls out of 50 or 60 bulls here last year at society sales. I sold everything else out of the yard, mm-hmm. to return, mainly to return customers. Yeah, yeah. Going to my yard, the biggest problem to have is picking out which one they want. <laughs> um, you'd have a fair, there wouldn't be a lot between a lot of bulls and a lot of bulls would be very similar. Um, you mentioned in my online sale this, this coming weekend with Marti, we went with a platform uh, with 11 heifers a couple of years ago. I won't name the platform. I wasn't able to handle the volume. There was 82 people, I think, registered to bid on 11 heifers mm. at that first festive female sale. But there were 600 people viewing it and 600 people watching the video today of the sale and they all had registered. But the system wasn't able for it and it absolutely calved. Though if it had a calf fully, I would have been better off. Um, I looked for the calf and the person who was running wouldn't do it. Um, you, had, you had people bidding... Then they had to refresh their page. Again, they refreshed their page. It took two, two and a half minutes, two minutes, 40 seconds. Thing. And next thing, the animal, another bidder had gone in, put a bid on the animal, and it was sold. Yeah, yeah. The, the time had run down. So I had originally looked at going with Mark Bids and um, Mark Bids, which is the Farmer's Journal um, system, to run my last year's sale. And uh, they had never run it. They were going to accept the time auction, time auction, yeah, all going to be done. And the next thing they set it up, they never had run a test. And I said, here, I'm not going to be your guinea pig. Not after what happened the year before. Mm-hmm. Like the year before, there was heifer sold for three and four thousand to people, and, and and there's no reserve in those. So once they go into the auction at a two thousand start or a fifteen hundred start, that's it. They're sold. Like yeah, on a, um, on a live auction. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, you had no you had no say in it. Um, so like I, I was lucky enough for that sale, and I will say, it, and I've always said it publicly out. There was people asked me to bid on cattle for them. They were ringing me. We can't bid. We can't bid. We had an iPad going, a laptop going, two phones going. We couldn't bid. I did happen to get a bid on one heifer that day on that sale, and I said I'm keeping that heifer. Fair enough. Because she's six. She was worth six, seven, eight thousand, and she's this year's national overall champion in Tullamore. There you go. There you go. But oh. but now you're with Marti. This is this is you're now into timed auctions, I guess, instead of on a yeah, live auction. Well, Last year we were a timed auction with Marti as well, our festive female sale. Um, I actually done up a paddock outside and refenced it all off a pail and changed the angle of it because it was falling the wrong way and all of the things with this year beside the shed. And I done the hog at the back end of last year and it never stopped raining over here from the end of September to Christmas. So we couldn't really get away with running, getting the videos done. So January came dry here and he said, here, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go with... Um, We'll move the day to, to Valentine's, Vixen's Valentine's sale. It's happening on the 13th, um, closing on Monday the 13th. And um, there's 36 heifers in it, 12 bulls. We're going to try a bunch of bulls in it. Some of the bulls can remain, and for Irish customers mainly, can remain on farm till the thir- till the 1st of April if they're required. It's not really bull season time here yet. Sure. Early. Yeah. 
Maybe in the UK it's different, but for logistics reasons, if the lorry's going over to the UK with heifers on it, the bulls really have to be on. But, but UK farmers are a little bit more set up for, uh, for having pens for bulls, so if they want a bull, they know they have a place for them. You know, it's sure. a bit different. Okay, okay. Okay, and that is, I'd seen the sale online, and hey, yeah, we're, we're all out to help each other, and, and we'll put a link to your, to your sale on, on our Facebook page, Top Lines and Tails pages, and, and uh, you, you, they're not just uh, the Simtels in this sale, though, you've got a few Charolais and other things other, so, uh, as well. Yeah, there's three Charolais heifers in it, and one bull, and there is ten limousine heifers in it, and three bulls in that. Okay. And yeah, listen, there's a nice variety of heifers, and they're all maiden heifers. <clears throat> they're all years we tell them young over here it doesn't pay us to keep them any longer you get the same for them here as yearlings mm-hmm. you get the same here for a nine month old calf as you will for a two and two and a half year old calf okay okay you nearly get more for a nine month old calf than you will for a two year old calf and there's a couple of special heifers in it there's one we named the divorce heifer and i thought no if, <laughs> i said i haven't there's a decent there's a decent reserve on her now but uh i think she makes double her reserve i still I still part of me would like to be staying here, you know, but... Um, Divorce heifer. I, I, I think, I, I think heifer, I honestly think the heifer, she's only a December-born heifer, and I think if she goes into any show here in the UK, I don't think she'll be better in her class anywhere. No. And I think she'll be a future overall champion of it. Um, and her, her sister that was reserve overall this year, I think, into the more, um, to my cow and calf, with a seven-day-old calf on her, she was only a two-year-old, like, I think she... Um, She'll be uh, if she calves down fine. She'll be very, very hard to stop next year herself. Okay. And I, okay. Well, we'll have we'll have a look at those. Just run me through the the other cattle because you do it isn't just the Simmentals. You've got Charolais, you've got Lemons, and you've got Angus as well there. And 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 uh, when do the Charolais happen? I have a few wagos as well, but uh, <laughs> and, and I used to have Belgian do with the Charolais. I got into Charolais when Jason, my first son, was born. Um, so he's 13 there in January. Um, Jason and Jack Toon had the same birthday here, 29th of January. So I got into Charlie's that year. I bought my first female um, Gold Star Beatrice off the Gold Star herd. Mm-hmm. She had she's an Oscar over her mate. She would have won. Um, she would have won ten rodeos. That's been shown showing that year as a calf. Um, she uh, she's done quite well for me. Um, got a bit of a hurt in herself after a couple of years, but we have a few daughters still over in the place, so we're happy enough with that. Um, bought another one then from uh, from from Castle Martin when they sold Castle Martin Rachel, and she she came with a calf at foot, and that cow was a hell of a breeding cow. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they would have been the main two purchases on, on the Charlie line. Okay. Got My mother actually got into the limousines in '99, and they bought um, they bought Nooney and Nelly two cows from France. Mm-hmm two heifers from France and then we would have added three or four more to that and then we would have flushed them a good bit and I still would have a lot of old genetics um, your hawks your ideal 23s and all them in embryos frozen embryos there at the moment and some of them would have been linked to the cattle that have been sold for 17 18,000 in this country as well okay. would have been out of them bloodlines okay. um, I don't show I, I have shown limousines I, 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 I'm I'm yeah, I was fully convinced that um, Senorita maybe lost her first national final because I was in the show, shown in the limousine ring. Ah, uh, okay. A class that went on for, uh, must, have, must have been the guts of an hour. There was two real good heifers in that class. They'd been against another all year. Uh, I had won them an inner far heifer of Nigel 23, and um, there was another heifer the very same way of bread. And I think out of the 17 heifers in the ring, one was 11, 12, I don't know which way we were. <laughs> but... Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't even know who was judging at the time, but 
<laughs> things got a bit lost in themselves and went on too long and I lost in all Ireland because I couldn't get into it with my heifer and then she was brought in by somebody else and she wasn't prepared right and I said to hell with it I'll never be caught that way again <laughs> fair enough that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's about the devil you know but then you've got to, you, I said you've got the Angus a good few Angus Do they, you, you got the Angus herd registered to your children is that right? yeah the Angus herd Jack my second son was born um, eight years ago again in January and we got into the Angus I brought I bought my first Angus that came from Netherton in Scotland, mm-hmm. embryos. So they were done quite well for me. There's a couple of them still in the place, and I would have bought a few at Gigginstown since, mm-hmm. and I bought one or two maybe privately as well. But um, yeah, Angus is Angus is over here. You tell them extremely easy, and they're easy kept, you know. And so they, they, there's only five Angus cows here, like four or five Charlie cows, five Charlie cows in the place. But there's about 20, 25 limousine cows in it. Okay. So they would have grown. Um, mm. And I, as I said, I used to have bags of blues. I used to show them. I have a lot of, I, I'd still have 10 or 15 frozen eggs out of blues. But uh, and my fan, I have a wagyu, a full blood wagyu here. Okay. So, um, yeah. Six of a lot of trades, the masters are none of them. <laughs> well, no, that, that's, uh, you, 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 you breed what you can sell, don't you? But all I can say is it must be a lot of work. And, and, and a couple of guys I was chatting to in Sterling this week, I said, I've never seen a man get through as much work as, as Garrett does. He said, you've got you know, 40 animals tied up in the yard at one time and you work all the hours of the days and nights. And, and, and his success comes through hard work, doesn't it, Garrett? Yeah, I enjoy it, though. But yeah, you have to. If you don't put it in, you won't get it out. Like, as I, I said to young people here, and young people are the future of all breeds, mm. you can go out and you can buy the best animal in the world and go to show it. But if you don't know how you do it, mm. You have to learn and trade, and it's very important to do workshops for young people. And I, I've always had my gate over here for, and I've had plenty of young people have come here, young and 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 the guys in their twenties and thirties have come here uh, to see me how I train my cattle. They've come and they'll work with me for a couple of days. And I show them how to do. They come to the shows with me. They help me at the shows. I show them how to clip. I show them how to groom, how to brush. Like they're the future of everybody, and they have to be nurtured from a young age and from all ages. The future, the new members and the young members have to be looked after. There's no buying, taking a pile of money off them, maybe a society sale off anybody buying cattle off them and then you letting them go home mm-hmm. and not following up your own animals and make sure they know how to do them and how to get their best performance out of them. At the end of the day, your prefix is on them and in my eyes, it's up to me to look after my prefix, maybe in your yard or any other yard. That's highly commendable and that is, as I said, again, I think, yeah, with hard work and it comes success and also with helping other people that uh, that comes by us and, and you've obviously done both of those and, and a commendable effort and that's probably why you hold the, you know, the, the, the breed record and hey, well, there'll be plenty more of them and, and, and your sale will go forward. Let's just talk about one, one other person that's been on this podcast recently and, and a man that astounded me because I've never heard of anybody tire me out with how much work he did and that's uh, PJ Budler with his uh, with his world championships and PJ you'll be listening it's probably in some far part of the world now because he seems to travel travel all around about the place but the world championship um, effort that he's been running there has been fantastic and you've been uh, at the sharp end of that there with your breed now for quite a few years. Yeah, we were lucky enough, I suppose. Listen, that's a bit of luck as well. I've judged it as well. Mm. But um, another year that I wasn't in it, but I have three female European champions and one male European champion. And then Darling Eyes was lucky enough to win World, yeah. which got me a trip to Farm Fair in 2019. She won it in 18, I think, or 18 she won it. So that got me a trip out there. And that's where I got to see farms out in Canada. And some place I would have seen the, the 265,000 record Central Bull out there on a farm. And... Um, yeah, it was very, very enjoyable. Pete, Pete is a, a very well knowledgeable man 
South African living in Texas, uh, yeah, as you alluded to earlier, doesn't know where home is. He seems to be all around the world. He was in Balmoral last year, judging. He was in Tullamore, judging last year. You could see him anywhere or hear him anywhere. He's colossal, isn't he? Everybody seems to know him, and he, and he just, yeah, I think he said he judged 88 breeds of cattle in 44 different countries. That's phenomenal. But uh, hey, I'm sure you do your share of judging there, there Garrett, as well. And hey, that, that's yeah, another part of the business. Huh? I don't, I, I don't do a huge amount of judging. I, I, I judged in Norfolk last year. Um, I do a small few shows locally wise. We don't do. I I, I judge for a master judge. I judged up the north last year, and that's where I would have got, I suppose, a bit in contact with James Little as well from H and H. Sure. Who now was involved in our sale as well, yeah. um, and um, which is good to see because uh, you have H and H with Marty. I'm a big fan of the whole Marty system, and um, with Jamie Noel, they would have came to me last year trying to before I had my decision made for 21 where it was going to sell they came looking for me to come and offer me elite and they will do this for you and do that for you and they have they, they haven't let me down and they work quite well with me and uh, i like that system lindsay um my wife um we haven't mentioned too much about it but i said she i would have known her through showing cattle as well and that's how we met through showing cattle she's on the other end of the country and like uh, she would spend any hour of the day outside um, with the cattle that she gets a chance, listen, tie up and go bull sweet today, I want to go washing and drying and things like that. So I tie them up in the morning and she walks away and then she goes in and gets dinner ready and gets the kids and things like that. But um, listen, we're fairly much a family-run business. She has her own general prefix, as you said at the start, and has her own samples as well. So um, some of them would have come originally from, up from home from Cork with her, her own two or three bloodlines and bred from there. Ah, they, they, the females came from Cork and they crossed with my bulls, so they only get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Brilliant now to pull families together. And as you said, a family affair is what it's about. And a genuine a genuine man. I know people have told me that you are a genuine family. And, and that's one of the reasons you, you've been so successful. And you have been super successful. And I wish you a lot more success there, Gary. It's been fantastic to talk to you. And, and this sale this week, just can you remind our, our listeners, because this, uh, this Friday morning um, podcast out there now, the sale is just about to start. So where, where can we find that? Where can these guys go online and have a look at this? Yeah, it's on the Marti timed auctions on the elite on the elite um, the elite platform on it, um, and then to, to to bid online you have to be registered either with Mid Tip Martin Torless Martin, um, which will be known through the Gold Star prefix. He runs that mark down there, and um, James Little then in H H and Henderson and Carlisle. So okay. um, that's the way it works. Like we have pictures of all of them up. The figures are on their weights are on it. Their ages are on it. In the videos, we try and get the videos. Like we do the videos ourselves. So we try and get the cattle walking to you, away from you, and sideways. Um, try and show them with no fault as they are or what way they are. Like There's one or two there with little things on them. They're all mentioned in the comments. If you have a little wart or some little thing on them or mark on them. Um, we say them as they are. We're not here for, I suppose, a short, quick book. We're at this a long time. I have a reputation, and I try and stick to it. And I have rules. I, I speak my mind. Not everybody likes to hear what I have to say sometimes, but I say it as I see it, and if I see a fault in animal, I'll say it as quick as I, I, if it's my own or anybody else. I'm actually really more critical than my own stuff in the animal. Sure. Sure. People message me, you're asking about any particular animals, they're all welcome to come see them anywhere on the farm, do you know that? I don't hold open days here. I used to. I don't hold open days for this. I know Marty and companies want me to hold open days for the sale, but to me, I don't do it, and I don't do it for one main reason. I'll make the time for you if you want to come to my yard to see my stock and bring you the whole way show them. If I even open it, I can't give you the individual time. Sorry, the cow families and the lines of the mothers and the dams of those cattle and those heifers are for sale. But if you want to come to my yard, I can go through all that with anybody. Now, maybe it's a bit late for this sale. You have till Monday if you do. But um, 
Whereas if I have an open day of 20, 30 people, 10 people here in the yard at the one time, 50 people in the yard, I do not have time to answer all questions. Truthfully and honestly to everybody, I'm rushing from one to the other and you're just getting pulled and dragged. And I give any man, uh, uh, I've always set the sail up in a way that the workers, pictures and videos are all done, cattle are embedded, uh, they're actually embedded all in peat moss this year, so they're grand and clean, they're not groomed for open days, they're not for nothing, people walk in and see them and I can give people time, go through all the heifers and the bulls and show them the mothers are buying them and show them and see them, they can see everything. You know, whereas an open day you can't do that. I understand that totally. And as I said, it's a, as I said earlier on, it's the honesty. And you're one of a sort of elite brand, I suppose, of youngsters, along with James Alexander and Craig, where you guys are harnessing now the internet to be able to put your stock further and wider. But uh, the reputation and the genuine has to be behind you before you get there. And, and uh, yeah, you've pretty much got that by what you've done, uh, Garrett. So uh, I wish you absolutely well with this sale this weekend. And, and uh, great to have you on the podcast. And, and I'm sure you'll be out and about showing in the summer. And we'll Bump into, I won't be in Stirling next week, but uh, hope you get yourself to spend some of that uh, that, that money back up there. Uh, no, I won't. I bought a bull there last October. Okay. <laughs> I bought a bull in Cotfield Murray there last October, and he came home here in December. That's maybe one thing. I'll just I'll go back to it for a second. One thing different to online sales, the cattle can go the next week. When the, once they go to a market, they'll be over here or in the UK. They're, they're 42 days over here. They're 42 or 60 days in the UK before they can go home yeah. to their farms. Yeah. For the online sale, there's no mixing of cattle, no nothing. People, people kind of give out when you say a higher health status inside the sales. Society sales all have a high health status now as well, but it's still a little touch safer coming from the home farm straight to their new farm. Absolutely right. With their, with, with their own comrades. And uh, they can go, it means you're not waiting. To, like I, I bought him in October. He wasn't home until the 22nd of December. And I couldn't believe how well he was looked after and how well he'd grown. And I love him, to be honest with you. I just like everything about him. Good, good. Well, I hope he does you well as well. As I said, it's a new way of thinking and a new way of working. And, and uh, you're a man at the top of your game and, and uh, very much appreciated having you here on the podcast, uh, uh, Garrett. And I will put some pictures up on, on the Top Lines and Tails site and we'll put a link on there as well. And uh, I hope it all does you well. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro. And uh, at this time of year, when calving is fast approaching, it's highly recommended to move the cows onto the super succulent minerals at least six weeks before calving to get the cow and calf ready and to boost that most important colostrum quality. Look out Harbro on the internet or on social media or contact your local representative for more information. And whilst you're on social media, don't forget to look at the Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll have where you'll find photographs to back up this and other episodes. <laughs>